Bills Mafia, what's going on? It's your boy DM3, and welcome into another Saturday night episode of Bills Allergy. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, A. Rich. You can find him on Twitter, at KingRich underscore 987. And the man, the myth, the legend, Mookie Hawkins, back once again for another round of Bills Allergy. Mookie Hawkins, what's going on, man? Appreciate you spending some time with us this weekend. Hey, man. Hey, yo. Likewise, man. Um kind of like in like a uh, football draw I, I finally got out of my funk and, and uh you know here i am you know what i mean so, uh, you know love the game uh season is over for our squad obviously and um it's one more game left so you know I you know how to feel about that one right now <laughs> well let me well i you probably don't know how to feel about that but you looking pretty damn <laughs> swaggy doing it man i see why you call yourself prime time mookie hawkers man you look at i'm feeling the swag and the pizzazz man what's going on man, <laughs> man it's just I, it's it's weird because how long has it been since we haven't had either a friday or saturday night heading into the weekend and there's no there's no bills football and i was telling uh a rich before we went on, if you don't tear up a little bit when you watch that video of Josh just going through the sidelines, Daryl Williams gets up and hugs him, Mitch Morse staring him in the eyes. I mean, Feliciano giving him the bear hug. So um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, unfortunately, the offseason's here, so we do have some things we want to talk about. Brandon Bean had a presser this week. I thought a lot of information, a lot of good nuggets uh, were laid out from him. Um, as he always does, he doesn't say a lot, but he does gives us some things to think about, talk about. Um, and we wanted to just kind of talk about some things that we can do, not only to um, compete with the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, but just to improve the overall roster um, just going into 2021. Again, this is a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about from now until the offseason with free agency, the draft, heading into the summer. So. Um, I was talking to A. Rich about this before we came on, and this made its way around social media because the Bills officially released E.J. Gaines. Um, and a lot of the response on Twitter was that people had forgotten about E.J. Gaines because obviously he opted out um, and didn't play the season. But there was some talk about Dane Jackson from Brandon Bean that was really encouraging because I was I was all over Dane Jackson. I, I thought that I wish we could have got more of a look um, – of him this season. So Mookie, what's your, what's your impression um, on Dane Jackson and the comments from Brandon Bean saying that he looks like he can get a shot at the CB two position heading into uh, this coming season. Well, my guy, once again, AKA the burglar, AKA I call him busy. Now he's busy being now, you know, he's a busy guy, AKA the MVP, the MVE most valuable executive. <laughs> I mean, you gotta look at it. They, the Bills, since since Bean has you know been under the helm, they've been kind of they've been kind of spot on with the people that they draft for the scheme that you know they're trying to build. And seventh round pick from out of pit, you know what I mean? Like seventh round pick, and all he's done is produce when he's got the opportunity. He has produced. He's he's came up and, and made plays as a playmaker. And you know, he definitely showed ball skills and he comes up and hit. So that's two things that I recognize right off the jump with him. And for him to be a seventh round pick, you gotta look at it. Um uh uh Josh Norman's getting paid six million dollars. He has to play right now on a one year deal. So, you know, right now he's a seventh round guy. 
He can learn from Josh and the other guys. We can throw him out there to see what he's really made of, and we'll make a fair assessment and evaluation going forward. So that's where you get Brandon Bean saying good things about, especially picks that they draft. You know what I mean? They, sure. They're high on their guys they pick. So they got to stay – they got to rock with their guys. And for them to produce and for all the fans know that Dane Jackson produces – you know, is is definitely a good look looking forward. So he definitely has an opportunity, but we we still going to need some more uh, help at that at that DB position other than Dane Jackson. I like it. Hey, Rich, what do you think about Dane Jackson? We we all season long, I feel like we were kind of clamoring both of us for just to see he brings. I feel like I was surprised that he wasn't activated um, against the Ravens because I feel like he's one of our best tackling corners. Um, we didn't see a lot of it. So we got small sample sizes like Mookie, like Mookie alluded to. We got, we got small little chunks here and there. Um, but me and you are on the Dane Jackson train, like the whole season, it seems like. So what's, what's your thoughts about what Brandon Bean said about, about him getting a shot next season? I love Dane Jackson. I, I love his, you know, his tenacity. Uh, I love his physicality and and what what do you need out of your cornerbacks in a Sean McDermott Leslie Frazier scheme? They play zone, so they're going to try to keep players in front of them. If you're going to keep players in front of you, you're going to have to have DBs to make the tackle. So I think uh, Dane Jackson excels in that, and he does fit the scheme. On the other hand, I'm I'm, I'm kind of tired of the guys that fit the scheme. You know, the diamond in the rough guys. It's time that we find guys to maximize the scheme not only fit it but maximize it and while i love dane jackson um he runs a 4 six forty. he's not that athletic and we've seen from the kansas city chiefs game that athleticism matters and if we have him as the cornerback number two i'm just concerned about his overall athleticism when it's time to play teams like the kansas city chiefs once again that golden standard so that's just how i feel about dane jackson i love him though you know, just let, let's just read into what Mr. Bean say now. He, you know, he, he ain't crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, he even admitted too. like Brandon Bean even admitted too. he's like, you can't you can't catch Tyreek Hill. He's a unicorn. It's a once in a, a generational talent, um, which comes into a lot of other stuff that they're going to have to figure out in the offseason as far as scheme. Oh, they're respecting them too much, man. I don't, I don't, they disrespecting them too much, man. You respect them too much, man. They, respect they the Tyreek just like you, man. They respect doing it for right. just like you, man. Like obviously, it's been some games where he's been corralled and contained. The first game we played against him, he didn't do too much. Right. I just don't know. I just, everything that like is going to trigger me to figure out what the hell was this game plan. I don't mean to cut you off, DM three, but it's just like good? I've been going through withdrawal for these past three, four days trying to figure it out, and I still come up with the same. I got a question. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I got a question now because he, you're talking about the game plan. Do these players right now, how the Buffalo Bills defense is constructed, do you believe with a better game plan that these players could have won the game? Yeah. On both sides of the ball. I don't think – they didn't bring their best game for some strange reason – they just didn't bring their best game. And you saw that right in the beginning of the game, like in warm-ups, you, you saw something went right. Like, Coach was aggressive that first series going for a four-for-one on a 50. And then after that, you didn't see aggression anymore. You know, like, they was very mm -hmm. passive. They didn't mm -hmm. get after it. They didn't test Mahomes' foot out. Mahomes tested out himself by doing quarterback keepers and, and still doing what he do. I just don't understand what the game plan was. Like, if – if, if your job is to do what? Okay, 
don't go back to telling me we rely on our four-man front when you know your four-man front have not been getting the job done, Dolo, as a unit all season. You, you started thriving when y'all started being aggressive, started blitzing and, and, and playing up. What I saw defensively, I didn't see no physicality. I, I, seen, I seen receivers and tight ends getting free releases off the line of scrimmage. If you're relying on four-man pressure, the rest of you guys should at least be playing physical or, you know, get your hands on the guys that just rub the timing. Don't let them just easily get into their routes. Something like that. And if your four are not getting it, okay, send a little bit. Dial up the blitzes. I think they was forced to they was they was forced to play Kansas City game at some point where you see Teron Johnson one-on-one with Tariq Hill. That should have never happened. Yeah. That should never, ever happen. How do y'all go through that in practice? How do y'all emulate that one in practice with Teron Johnson one-on-one with, with Tariq Hill at the slot? And I'm going to say this one thing. I'm going to pass it to DM3 after. And yet, you know what? You're absolutely right. It's, it's a mentality, right? Because if you think about Josh Allen, what have we been reading all season long? Josh Allen is great against the blitz. He's got these spectacular numbers against the blitz. You can't blitz Josh Allen. Kansas City didn't give a damn about those numbers. Kansas City said, you know what? We're going to do what we do. We're going to be the aggressor, and we're going to make sure we get to Josh Allen. As opposed to us, we played a lot more conservative. It looked like we played to the stats and actually listened to the stats. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, is he's a – we don't want to blitz him. Let's play zone all, all, all game long, you know? So it, we, was, we was passive while they was aggressive, and I think that, that played a, a major part into the outcome of the game. I think, too, you have to – a lot of people were criticizing, and Mookie kind of alluded to it when he first started talking about it, was the fact that we were aggressive on that first drive. I think even in our group chat, we are like, okay, all right, fourth and, fourth and one from our own 50, we went for it. And then for some reason, it kind of – all that aggressiveness just kind of fell off. And I, I'm hoping that this is an experience that McDermott is going to take going forward and be like, look – I, w- I was absolutely outcoached on offense. I was absolutely outcoached on defense because who would have thought that of, of these two teams on paper that Kansas City would have been the more dynamic team on defense? Offense, yes, I understand that. I understand that argument. But on defense, we had no answer for anything that they were throwing at us. They wanted to play man. They got physical. They wanted to play zone. They played zone. They wanted to blitz safeties, corners. I mean, it just seemed like we didn't have an answer for anything that they were willing to do. And I mean, I, I have kind of turned the dial on my thoughts on Brian Dable. I really like Brian Dable. I was highly critical of him last year, but now I see what he's able to do when he has people that can execute the game plan. But I felt like there was little to no adjustments until late in the third quarter when by then we were already down three scores and it was too late. Um, so, so what, so what did you see Mookie that was different from how we seem to, the Colts game was one way. It was a close game. It was it was it was a fist fight. The Ravens game, we were just more physical, I think, than the Ravens were. What what where do you think we went wrong offensively and defensively to where we couldn't match blow for blow with a team that a lot of people on paper were saying if there's a team that can compete with the Chiefs, it's the Buffalo Bills. So where do you think we kind of missed a step or two? We didn't come with our guns. That's as simple as that. You, you, you got to fight fire with fire. That's the way you beat Kansas City. Like you, you, we didn't come with our guns. We 
come back to once again respecting them too much. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I Super Bowl champion and all that, but okay. It, and my thing is this, and this is where I, I get in with the offense because Kansas City didn't do anything different defensively that they didn't do on Week Six. You know what I mean? They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They do not have to change anything for the Buffalo Bills. One, we, I mean, we did what we did against y'all Week Six. Period. Mm-hmm. So yep. they didn't have to change anything. So with that being said, Coach Dable knew what he was up against. They didn't change anything. They walked down the skies to look and then backed out of there the same way. And then sometimes they did send some. You know, mm-hmm. what they what they did a good job of doing, which confused Josh Allen was when so when they walked up, Josh checked into a, a pass protection. And then in the last second, Kansas City defense changed into their actual, you know, they, they had a counter for Josh's counter, and it was too yeah. late. That would confuse him. So, with that being said, you you should, should have came with your best plays. All your best run plays for the season, you should have had ready. Like, I, I mean, they ran the ball real well against San Francisco, trapping in the inside. Why I don't see that against Kansas City? Chris Jones just pretty much bullied every guard that the Bills had Saturday. Like, he knocked Feliciano out. That didn't get him penalty. <laughs> and then he just, you know, he would just he just kept putting Feliciano into Josh's lap. That's why Josh, you know, was stuck with those long sacks because he's just waiting on something to materialize and develop, but he didn't have time because they was just getting straight bull rushed. So it should have been more designs. It should have been more screens, even though Singletary missed that that pass. Uh Well, I mean, that was – a lot of people talk about momentum, and that was – you never know what could have happened after on the rest of that drive. If he converts that, it's a first – we get a first down, we keep it moving. You never know. I mean, I hate what-ifs, but – like. Just to your point, like that was momentum is real. A lot of people talk about momentum's not real in football. The hell it's not because it just, as soon as we got that, that muff punt, I was like, all right, we're finally going to be in that game where we're the team that's getting, it's not the same old bills. It's the team that we're going to get some breaks in this game because that's what we absolutely need to compete and keep and keep this thing moving. And then think it just like the air just got sucked out of, out of everything. So I don't know. I didn't mean to cut you off, Mookie. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to give you all these scenarios, and then I'm going to be done with it or what I would have <laughs> You know, I, I, I coach, but I don't coach nowhere near on that level. Correct. Um, you know, just offensively, you just got to fight fire with fire. You got to come with your best stuff. All right, period, point blank, period. You definitely have to get some run in there. If Josh have to run for a ball 50, then, then Josh going to run for a ball 50, and Singletary going to, you know, be damn near close to 100. Or Yeldon, use your big back. You know, uh-huh. so, you know, um, but on the defensive side, if if we rely on four and the four is not getting it, what do you do? It's all it's a numbers game. And first of all, I'm taking away your best player. So guess what? I'm only going to go. I'm going to go cover four. I'll go cover four. I'll send three. I'll rush three because four ain't getting it. So might as well have two back in coverage. So I'm going to double Kelsey. I'm going to double Tariq Hill. I'm taking them two off the rip away from you. So Mikhail Hartman and Pringle, you're going to have career days today if need because those are the guys that you're going to be throwing to all day. You would not be have a, a chance to throw to those guys. So I'm going to be physical with those guys up front with help over the top. So I'm doubling them. I'm taking those two away. I still got four left in coverage because I'm only rushing three. I still have four left in coverage after I'm doubling both of your two top guys. So, Mahomes, whenever you want to peekaboo, I got somebody that's spying ready to go get you with three more guys in coverage. So, that's how I would have played them. I just would have been a play an aggressive cover four 
You know what I mean? A aggressive at, cover for a defense. At least take away one. I'm taking <laughs> away least, both of them. I'm taking away, but give me, give me one. My, give me one. Why? My question. Not, not at both of the obvious. My, my question. Like my question is this: Who's our best coverage linebacker? And it's Mama. no. Exactly. So why is Tremaine Edmonds covering Travis Kelsey? That absolutely makes no sense to me. I know I know that they were trying to do some other things and trying to disguise some some blitzes and some other things, but Milano should have been on his hip all game because that's where everybody says we can't lose Milano because he's our best coverage linebacker. And nothing against Tremaine Edmonds, but that's just not that's just not his thing right now. So I don't want I didn't I don't want to go too much on on the game because everybody's Everybody's been frustrated. I feel like it's sun. It's going into it's going into Sunday without Bills football for the first time since before September. So it's just a tough pill to swallow. And I, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that McDermott's our guy. McDermott's going to be our guy for a long time, and he's going to get this ship righted in the right direction. Um, and that's kind of why we wanted to get on here just to see what we can do, just as spectators, to see how we can. Um, push push the needle um and like mookie said don't be afraid of the chiefs let's just let's just be the best we can um right. so if unless everybody has been not paying attention to social media for the past couple days um some news came out in this and, and i'll uh, you guys will see how i'll we i'll reel this into bills related stuff here um but deshaun watson and I definitely want to spend some time with this, and I definitely want to get Mookie's opinion on some stuff here. Deshaun Watson officially asked for a trade. So immediately response from David Cully was, the reason why I came here is because I knew Deshaun Watson was going to be my quarterback. The GM said, Deshaun Watson's not going anywhere. We're not fielding any offers. We don't have anything on the table at, at this moment. So Mookie, how many teams right now would be all in on Deshaun Watson? Uh, probably 20 easy. I could say 20 easy. I'll, I'll have to rip 20. Yeah. All right. You got to look at it. Who's the elite quarterbacks right now? I mean, old to the new, you got Brady. They, you know, you got Brady. You got, you got, uh, oh my goodness. I'm catching the brand. Rogers. You got Rogers. Brady. Rogers. You got Jackson. You got Mayfield. You got Allen. You got, you got Mahomes. Abert. You got Mahomes, you know. So I say about twenty teams. Uh-huh. That should be enough. So. <laughs> that's more <laughs> that's than plenty. To, you know, the tangle. I, I think that's plenty. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's plenty. Hey, Rich, what about you? At least about that, about that. But here's here here's here's my thing. Out of those twenty teams, none of them is the Buffalo Bills, right? Right. None yeah. of them should be talking about our entertaining the thought as a Buffalo Bills fan, none of us should be even entertaining the thought in my opinion of of uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. This is the first time in a long time that us Buffalo Bills as a franchise, we don't have to worry about uh, having getting a franchise quarterback. And where was all these goddamn quarterbacks all these years when we was trying <laughs> to get a quarterback, right? Yeah. Now you got Wentz to Stafford to Deshaun Watson. We got all these quarterbacks. But we, uh, us as an organization, as a franchise, we do not need uh, that quarterback. Josh Allen is our guy. And in my opinion, Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I, I just got to call a spade a spade on that. So I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of stuff come out from the national media about 
It doesn't matter. There's one team and one team only where he shouldn't go, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs because they have, you know, the the best quarterback in the history of ever in Patrick Mahomes, right? That's what they want you to believe. So I caught something yesterday um, from Adam Schefter, and I'm going to show you guys. It's about it's about 20 seconds, but just kind of listen. And this is Adam Schefter, all right? And I think we can all respect Adam Schefter's opinions on a lot of things because he seems to be pretty informative, right? Whether or not you like the fact that he tweets out everybody's business or not, um, he's Adam Schefter, so he 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 <laughs> – he, he he does his due diligence. So I'm gonna play this, and then we'll kind of react to it afterwards. It's about 20 seconds. Teams out there have enough assets to pull off a trade like this. Well, specifically, Kevin, I would tell you that there'd be 27, 28 teams in the league that would line up and be willing to part with whatever it takes to get a talent in person like Deshaun Watson. I think short of Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore and a few others that have themselves a franchise quarterback, any other team would be crazy not to explore what it would take for Deshaun Watson. So isn't it nice to hear, first off, isn't it nice to hear the word franchise quarterback and the Buffalo Bills in the same sentence? And second of all, I, I played that because a lot of people are talking about how it'd be a no-brainer and it doesn't matter what Josh did this year. We're talking about Deshaun Watson. So, hey, Rich, I know we talked about this at length before we came on. What, what's your, what's your thoughts? Give me, give me some deep analysis on the two quarterbacks, and then I got some stuff, and then we're gonna let Mookie digest on this. I, I mean, you know, I, I go by year by year basis, right? So, first of all, uh, Deshaun Watson walked in to having a top three wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, right? Josh Allen made Stephon Diggs. Of course, the combination, but Stephon Diggs wasn't an all-pro wide receiver until he came to the Buffalo Bills and, and got with Josh Allen. So I think we have to look at certain things there. Another thing is Watson has 302 more yards total than Josh Allen on the season and nine less touchdowns. I don't see any significant difference in terms of their style of play. I don't see any significant upgrade from Josh, from Deshaun Watson to just uh, to Josh Allen to warrant a trade like that, especially the season that Josh Allen has had. What he's done as a quarterback is unprecedented. 17% completion percentage from year one to year three. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, over 35 years old. I don't know anybody that did that in my lifetime. So for us to experience that growth, and that growth seems like it's still ascending. Um, Josh Allen's swag, how he is to the uh, to the city of Buffalo, what he means, he's grown and developed with the Buffalo Bills organization. And I would not trade uh, our guy for for uh, Deshaun Watson, even though he's a great player in his own right. I will go to bat with with my guy uh, Josh Allen. That's as simple as that. If you if if you uh -oh. pick, uh, if you if you feel <laughs> that you would trade a Deshaun Watson for Josh Allen, I I question your loyalty as a Buffalo Bills fan. I question your loyalty as a fan. So that's just that's just how I feel about it. All right, so I, I did a little bit of digging because that's what I do because. I'm kind of a stats nerd. Um, this is probably new to Mookie, but because it's the first time I've been on with Mookie. But Mookie, I'm kind of a stats nerd, so I read I read between the lines on a lot of stuff. Um, 
so I, I went through and looked. I, I was comparing because I, I really want I want true comparisons. So a lot of NFL scouts, a lot of coaches, a lot of people that have been around football for a long time will say that year three for a quarterback is arguably their, their most important year because year one's your rookie year. You take your lumps. Year two, you learn some things. You you start changing your your mechanics and you start reading you know defenses better. But by year three, we can tell who you are by year three. So I'm going to put up Deshaun Watson's year three stats right here. And now, mind you, he did have Hopkins. He had Nuke this year. So he had his number one guy, arguably, like A. Rich said, one of the best receivers in the game. 3,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 98 rating. Okay. So that was year three. So I put up Josh Allen's year three, which was this year. 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 107.2 rating. All right. Those are just stats I understand. But looking at what happened when we got Josh Allen a number one receiver, like when Deshaun Watson had a number one receiver, that that right there, Josh Allen's a better quarterback. So we want to talk about how dynamic of a playmaker that Deshaun Watson is because he is. I'll, I'll never argue that. He is absolutely one of the most dynamic quarterbacks as far as, as far as athleticism and as far as his ability. We saw it firsthand in the playoffs last year. We should have had a sack, and he ran, and he ended that game by throwing a screen pass for, for 45 yards. So I went to look and said, okay, so dynamic. So Deshaun Watson's considered a dynamic player. Inside the red zone, you know, he can run it in. He can extend plays. He can do this. He can do all this stuff. So then I looked at this. Rushing stats since 2018. This is just mano y mano for the last three years. 1,500 yards for Josh, 1,400 for Watson, 25 touchdowns for Josh, 15 for Watson. So if we're talking about a player, once you get inside the red zone, we all know Josh has zero red zone interceptions in his entire career, but he can also run it in. And he's also dialed in on third down, which is something I didn't have the stats for, but Josh is a better quarterback on third down. So I like Deshaun Watson. Is he a top five quarterback in this league? Absolutely. And I think like Adam Schefter said, there's 28, 29 other teams that would absolutely make a phone call. But it's more than just trading players one for one. You've spent three years invested in this in this player, and he is becoming the guy that you thought he was going to be when you drafted him. So not only do you have that, so there's the loyalty aspect. These players play for him. I'm not saying they wouldn't play this hard for Watson, but these players play the way they play with Josh, and it's a familiarity that we want to carry into the future. So you don't want to disrupt that. Okay, I went long. Mookie, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I don't even know why we even having this question on, on that one right there. I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, me personally, I like 6'5", 240 than 6'3", 215. You know what I mean? I, I like the 6'5", 240 with the rocking arm and the mobility that could run. You know, I, I like that. I could do a lot with that. I could do a lot with the Deshaun Watson type, too. But I like the 6'5", because being 6'5", you can see over the top of everything. And with a strong arm, you be able to make all the throws at some point. So I'm going to tell Josh Allen, just like Dabo, just like the Buffalo Bills will, a guy that they've moved up in the draft to get at pick number seven. And basically, they invested in this kid to make sure his year three was supposed to be how it was supposed to be. 
who is this guy really? Who who is this guy? What is he really made of? Year three. So they went out there and done that because this was the test for Josh. Let's go out here and get the possible pieces for you in this passing game because at first Josh was supposed to come in as a game manager and and this is how I look at it. His first year was a wash because they did the the insane whatever. Like they really missed out on his his development first and foremost. Like wanting him to come in and, and be a game manager type of guy. And oh yeah, it's gonna be competition. Listen, if I draft you and I move up in the draft to get you top ten, you're my starting quarterback right now. I'm not about to. I mean, who the competition was? McCarron and Peterman, and then Peterman, the Peterman. They ended up giving it to Peterman. <laughs> yeah. it to Peterman. So, when you really look at it, this was Josh's second complete season in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so for him to take those drastic leaps, really in year two, you know, this rookie year was just a wash. It, it was I don't understand that. Like, I, I just didn't get that. Like. That was that that was bad. That that they almost missed out on that. But um for Josh in the second complete year for him to do what he's what he's doing right now, yeah. I, he's he's come a long way with a lot of, of improvement. That, that's the that's the crazy thing about it. These, these these crazy numbers that this guy was able to do with so much room of improvement. And when 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 the running game gets going, you're gonna see Josh throw for five hundred yards some games next season. Run game gets going because they're not gonna they're not gonna play pity patty with you. They're gonna go for the gusto when the gun when it when the running game is good. So it's, it's bombs away, it's bombs over Baghdad next year. Um but you know they gotta they got they gotta uh they gotta they gotta shake they gotta shake things up a little bit, man. Some people might not make the trip next year. I, I said in our, our group chat that Josh is gonna throw fifty touchdowns next year. I'm gonna stand by that. And A. Rich said that we're going to put 60 up on somebody next year. If we do everything that I feel like we're going to do in this offseason by adding some more speed on offense and figuring this run game out, I think that we're going to have one of the best offenses that this that the NFL has seen in a very, very long time. So, all right, so we talked about adding speed. So me and A. Rich wanted to talk about speed, being physical, and being athletic. So, A. Rich, I'm going to drop this to you right here. How do the Bills add speed? Where do we add it? Uh, where? I mean, you know, it's the offseason. So, <laughs> we, 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 we add it in, in the draft and we add it in free agency. The, the, it, but it should be the theme. The theme of the offseason should be fast, physical, and athletic because, in my opinion, we got enough guys, high IQ guys, that solid football players that's not necessarily uh, athletically gifted. So now we want to implement good football players that that possesses traits that you cannot coach, right? And that's speed, uh, physicality, and, and athleticism. So where we can add speed? We can add speed in in uh in the draft there you go uh awusu i don't think he will be available i don't think he'll be available the linebacker out of notre dame uh 6'2 216 pounds sideline to sideline kid but even if he's not available this is the type of of guy this is the type of of mold that us buffalo bills need on defense we have to change up our theme to our 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 plans right we have guys where we drafted in the past which was a great football players and high iq guys this should be fast physical athletic Owusu fits that bill uh the florida state safety there you go uh dm3 right on time man reading my mind the florida, 
the Florida State safety Hamsa uh, Nasrul Dean. Uh, 6'4", 220 pounds. Before he tore his ACL with Florida State, he was he was uh he was becoming a dominant player. You can, he can cover tight ends. He could cover linebacker. Uh, excuse me, running backs. He could cover wide receivers in the slot. This is the type of player. These are the type of molds we need on the defensive side of the ball. Fast, physical, and athletic. And those two type of players are the type of players we could add or should add uh to our Buffalo Bills roster. All right, what about offensively? Because I know that there's a bunch of guys that you wanted to talk about offensively, and I know there's a guy who goes to Penn State because you watch a lot of Penn State football. What do you think about that guy right there, Pat Pat Fairmule? Pat Fairmule, in my opinion, is 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 a very good tight end. I know a lot of people will talk about Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts may not be available around when we draft him. But if we want to talk about a guy that is not necessarily fast, but if we want to talk about physicality and, and great hands, Pat Fairmew, uh would be a, a nice addition to the Buffalo Bills offense. So I, I, I really like him, you know, what about, uh, uh, coming out of Penn State. What about free agency? I mean, I've heard a lot of people talking about Curtis Samuel. How do you feel about him? You know, that's that's my man crushing free agency. You know, if we if if we if if John Brown is released, right? If we never know what may happen, we we're going to need, in my opinion, a replacement. Gabriel Davis, I love him. I think he's had a great first year, but I don't think he's going to be enough. So I think Curtis Samuel, man, I, uh, he has, in my opinion, the t- potential to really break out. A potential not not to do what Stefan Diggs did, but he has potential to to get an uptick in in production like Stefan Diggs and like John Brown and like Cole Beasley. Uh four three run a four three forty uh coming out the combine and and he fits the scheme of the Buffalo Bills offense. And that's those are one of the couple of players that I love. I think too about Curtis Samuel is that he kind of got washed in the back end of what was going on with Cam in Carolina. Because he's been four years in the league, right? Who do you have for quarterback last year? Cam was injured. They had Kyle Allen. They didn't, and then this year they, they had, had Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. They had Teddy Bridgewater this year, but Cam was injured. You know, the first two seasons he played, I don't think Cam played a full season, so he had his rookie lumps. And then his second year, Cam was injured. And then last year they had Kyle Allen playing QB. And then this year he had Teddy. He had, he had a good quarterback this year. So I still think, and he had a career year this year. He had a really good year, season this year. So I think he's a burner, and I think. again, it's going to come down to money. It's always going to come down financially, like what we're going to do with John Brown, because we have a cap savings if we release John Brown, if we see that we can go somewhere else. um, But that'll be that. That's uh, that's above our pay grade. That's above my pay grade. So Mookie, you're busy over there. What what are you doing? You writing a novel over there? (laughs) When it works. I'm just checking, just just checking. You know, my 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 feet be you know ridiculous Blowing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, where do you think the Bills can add add speed in the off season? Obviously, we have the draft and free agency. Do you have any guys on your mind that you think would be nice impact players? Or your philosophy the towards part, the draft? Yeah. And free agency. yeah. For the for the most part, right now, when you look at what we're doing with from as far as a cap mm-hmm. standpoint, you gotta go ahead and dress it in the draft. And I, I mean, I have a few scenarios. Um, you know, you could take obviously the best available player at 30 or you could move back into the second round to get two second round picks, double up on potential. Uh, but I'm just going to go as this, it's just plain Jane. Um, 
You got to get speed. And 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 one thing I can say for the AFC Championship game, the Bills just got their ass kicked up front. Kansas City's four dominated the Bills' offense, uh, 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 offensive five, and vice versa. You know, um, so the game is is one up front. It's really in the trenches. When you're looking at Jerry Hughes. Uh, on the wrong side of 30. Mario Addison on the wrong side of 30. They're getting paid $10 million. Okay, Espinosa has flash and emerged at times, but you need to get more dynamic. If you're trying to have a, a, a defense that relies on the four, then you better emulate that like the Washington Redskins front four. Uh, <laughs> so you got to get dynamic right. players. Absolutely. Front. Um, now, and that's the way I say the Bills probably could trade back because this guy could be anywhere between the first and the second round, depends on what his 40 time is. And you know, Penn State, you know, Jason Uwe, 6'5, 260 pounds. Some say he runs a 4'3. Now, you can't teach D. Now, they say he's still a bit raw, he's still a bit raw, but I like that mold of clay. That's like a Josh Allen type mold of clay that you can mold into anything you want, but the physicality, the, the physical specimen is there. The measurables is there. You can't teach me at a, at a, at a, no. at 6'5", 260, <laughs> running a 4'3". I'll have that coming off the edge one-on-one in the pass rushing situation other yeah. than Mario Addison at this time, or Jerry Hughes. He's my guy, but we got to get younger. We got to get more dynamic up front if this is what the scheme calls for. So, um, you know, you look at um, from a receiver standpoint, I don't think the Bills is going to invest a number one pick in a, in a top notch, a top flight receiver more say due to the fact that they have been good in the meat and potato rounds, getting Gabe Davis, getting Isaiah Hodges, which is six five, and he'll be ready to roll next year, by the way. But they still going to have to replace that speed if you know John Brown be a casualty. You know, what I mean, as far as the cap, so a guy like Anthony Schwartz from out of Auburn, you can probably get him third. You know, the Bills don't have a fourth-round pick. Maybe they'll double back and try to get a fourth-round pick. Schwartz can be there. He's rumored to be running 4-2. So, you know, we need to have that type of speed to compact with the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's not play around with it. 4-3 ain't good enough. I'm going to get the 4-2 guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got the quarterback that can throw the ball a country mile. So, um, you brought up you brought up some interesting stuff, and I want to talk about Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, and I think a Rich wants to talk about these gentlemen as well. So we put we put something out earlier this week on social media, um, and it wasn't a suggestive piece. It wasn't because we don't want these guys to come back. We just understand that cap is gone down, and it's going to be tight in the off season. We're not going to see. Um, and Brandon Beans even come out and said he's not gonna. We're not gonna see big splashy things. So my question, and I'm just, I'll just show you guys because it came out today that JJ Watt might have played his final game uh, for the Houston Texans. Um, I'm all in. I understand. I just said that Jerry Hughes is on the other side of thirty, but hear me out. Hear me out. Um, this guy is process to the nine millionth degree. He does a ton of work in the, in the community. Um, he seems like he's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. It seems like you saw after one of the games this season, he called everybody out and he said, do you want to win? Do you want to play or do you want to just collect the paycheck? And I feel like that's, that's John McDermott like esque. Um, 
I know he's had some injuries in the past couple seasons, and I know he's not the J.J. Watt he was five, six years ago where he was just murdering offensive lines in seemingly every game. What's your What's your thoughts, Mookie, on J.J. Watt? I know he comes with a hefty price tag, so it would depend on – if they were out, if he was released, or if it was a trade or whatever. But what's your what's your feelings on JJ Watt? Hey, I mean, <laughs> if JJ Watt be available, it goes to that. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's probably twenty six teams in the NFL that will be trying to vie for his services. Bills will be one of them. I mean, he, he's a dynamic guy, you know, and he's versatile. You can play him inside. You can play him on the outside. And he's a guy that teams just have to scheme for. Like, when you get dynamic players, like, other teams have to scheme for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't know how much that goes into a long way. Like, oh, I just don't want to go back into how do you, you know, like, you got to scheme for Tariq Hill and Kelsey. Right. You got to scheme for that. You know what I mean? feel like right. you're get, Mookie's getting, like, PTSD. I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to do this to you. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – but you got to have that good balance. If, if they're relying on four-man pressure, so you got to have that good combination of pass rush and coverage at the same time. But it starts up front. So we got to get that good pass rush to complement the coverage. And I don't care who you are and how fast you is. If you're not getting to that quarterback, it's hard to check a guy, you know what I mean, four, five, six seconds. It's, it's just hard to do, you know what I mean? So – you got to get that good combination, and once one thing is off, then it's disastrous. So you got to be able to imp- improvise. You got to have players that you know, what I mean, that can fit the bill, you know, because everything like Hakeem say, year after year. But I, I, to me, it's performance based. And if we paying you ten million dollars a year, you only giving me four sacks, you know, what I mean, at least get ten sacks, get a sack, of, you know, a million dollars or something like that's just. I mean, you got to be an impact for that type of money right now, you know because we can have so much more and then with the bills one step away from the super bowl guys like jj was like man how do i get to buffalo you'd be surprised exactly. how many teams how many players is one out of their contracts to go to buffalo now because they're one step away there's guys on the end of their career they got their bag they just want an opportunity for a ring buffalo is the is the greatest place for that so just stay tuned on how how free agency really unfolds especially when the bills free up some things and and players are going to be choosing Buffalo rather than, you know, mm-hmm. being chasing the money. Them. Yeah. Yep. Right. I think and I, you you brought up you know Jerry Hughes and we talked about JJ Watt and then we talked about like lack of pressure during the McDermott era in Buffalo. The four years he's been here, four plus years if you count the playoffs. Have we have not had dominant edge rushers? We have not been able to set the edge. We've had games where guys like Jerry Hughes will shine. Um, we've had games where some other guys will kind of fill in. But do you think McDermott's defense is predicated off of getting pressure, or is it just like a release valve? Like, we're going to tighten the valve once we think you're getting too close to either scoring a touchdown or getting within the red zone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we rely on that back seven so much because they're so good. Um, do you think that it's kind of hindered his scheme over the last four years? Yeah, because when it, when it comes down to playing the best teams in the league, you can't win, no matter how you look at it. Like, okay, yeah, it's good to do it 15 games out of 18 games, but when it comes down to that one game to get to the ultimate game, that team is not going to go for that. You know what I mean? That team is going to make you, you know, okay, they're going to expose what everybody's been saying all year. 
we're not going to let Josh Allen beat us with his arm, even though Josh Allen still threw for almost 300 yards, yeah, 60%, still good enough to win. But the defense didn't stop the their offense at all, you know. <laughs> and they gave us a, 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 a gimme little um, fumble right there on the one. So they just had the game plan. It just goes back to that damn game plan. What was the game plan? You know what I mean? But it, it things that just make you wonder, man. It, it exposes yeah. you. It just really exposed the Bills on them. If y'all playing plain Jane against the the the, the Super Bowl champion, the best. Y'all playing plain Jane against those? If this is what you're going to get playing plain Jane, you're not going to beat the Super Bowl champ playing plain Jane like that. It, it showed you that you were an average team to them because you you can't have. I just you just can't have average on dynamic one on one. That's just not. It's not going to right. cut it. Right. All right. So I'm gonna because. I haven't mentioned this, but please smash the like button if you guys are watching on Facebook. Share this if you guys are watching on YouTube. Please smash, smash, smash the like button. Subscribe to our channel. We have been graciously – thank you, Mookie, for coming on. We have been blessed with his presence because I love how Mookie breaks stuff down. I think I gave Mookie some PTSD earlier about talking about this game because he's probably been talking about it all week long. So, J.J. Watts, my guy. All right, I got A. Rich's guy. I'm not even going to let you talk about J.J. Watt, A. Rich. I'm not even going to let you talk about it because, <laughs> because I know who you want to talk about, and it's this gentleman right here. This is that's this my is, guy right this there. This is A. Rich's diamond that's, that's waiting to be polished that's my guy in, right in, a buff, in a Buffalo Bills uniform. Why don't you please enlighten us as to what Mr. No Sacks in Eight Games Making thir- making thirteen million dollars for the Tennessee Titans is going to do for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm slightly kidding. I mean, I, listen, I like JJ Watt a lot, and if we can get JJ Watt over to the Buffalo Bills, by all means, let's let's you know let's 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 make it happen. But it's just too much stipulations for me. You know, he's not he's not a free agent. He, you know, he's on the Houston Texans, so we're going to have to give up something. Even if it's a, if it's a fifth round pick, right? Even if we give it a, that, that's prop, that's our future, in my opinion, Andre Roberts replacement. Because in my head, we're going to get the best kick returner or punt returner in the draft to replace Andre Roberts. So why go through all those stipulations getting JJ Watt? Then you have this contract, he's getting paid $17 million. He only had five sacks last season. So to me, it, it's just too much stipulations. Even though I love the guy, I love the, high, the guy's culture and his heart and what he says and what he brings to the table, it's too much to bring him to the Buffalo Bills. Whereas Javadian Clowney, he's already there. He's already sitting out there waiting for you. <laughs> you don't have to give up no draft picks. Uh, you don't have to give nobody up. Last year with the Tennessee Titans, it was a, it was a one-year contract, $13 million. He went down with a season and the injury. I don't think he can command any more than that. We're talking about a guy that didn't live up to his potential in terms of sacks, but he immediately upgrades uh, the Russian defense. He is an excellent and stout run defender. And any guy, we talk about fast, physical, and athletic, he's 6'5", 265 pounds, and runs a 4'5", 540 at the defensive end position. Well, I, I'm in love. I want him. We, we, need, we need a guy like Javadian Clowney. That mode, fast, physical, athletic, I rather Clowney over J.J. Watt. Oh, you had to throw the sacks number in there. 
J.J. <laughs> Watt, oh, 17 million for five and a half sacks. That's still more sacks per million dollars than Jadavion Clowney got this year. And he sat on free agency until like right before the season started. Like there has to be a reason. I do agree with you that I think that he will can be had for a cheaper asking price, even than what he got last year because of the salary cap issues with all the teams. Now there is some rumblings that the salary cap may not be going down as low as everybody thinks it is to 175. I've heard 190, but still either way, I, I don't know. I like Clowney. I mean, why don't we just get both of them and just reinvent the Houston Texans defensive line? I wish we could have both. We could have bookends and would be good. I wish. But, I wish. All right, Mookie, what do you think about Jadavian Clowney? I mean, I like the idea. I mean, his market value right now, uh, he comes in at a tag of uh, $6 million a year. It went down. Mm. So, you know, that's it's another prove-it year for him, especially, you know, getting $13 million, You ain't proved nothing that you can get injured. And, you know, I know that he's due for a breakout season, and he hasn't pretty much been in the right scheme. Um, he's not really a three, four guy. He's really just an edge setter, you know, and third down, putting his ears back. He can support the run. And then on third down, just letting him get after the quarterback. So you get a real complete in, I think a guy that fits, <laughs> what do you rather have Trip Murphy or, or, or Jadavian Clowney? So I would rather have Jadavian Clowney, um, you know, but like I said, he might, he might come from for a discount. He might come for 5 million. You know, just to get back at Tennessee and, and, and have a, a shot to play. You never know how these guys are thinking right now. So never know. Uh, the never Bills know. definitely got to free up some money because, like you said, um, uh, DM three is like uh, anywhere between one seventy five and two ten. So really, yeah. don't know what that number really going to be probably until after uh, the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So the Bills are preparing now. If it's at one ninety, then they, they they got at least fifteen to twenty million to play with off the rip. And then mm-hmm. that changed the dynamics of going to people like A. Mitch Morris. Either you take this pay cut or you got to mm-hmm. go. Mario Addison, mm-hmm. you take this pay cut, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes, I don't think Jerry Hughes is going to go anywhere. I think Jerry Hughes is going to give back. Mitch Morris, mm-hmm. I don't think he mm-hmm. – I think they just – they really? might release him. Mitch I, Morris oh, might be released. So you think he uh, is he a, a, do you think he's a, a, a potential trade candidate? Because it's going because I'm looking at the dead cap. I believe he have about a five or five and a half million dollar dead cap. So that's why I never thought about releasing. But I always thought that he could be a possible trade candidate and a cheaper option at center would be John Feliciano. Yeah, but who's going to trade with that with that with that the contract? Like, Correct. You know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, you got so you either you got to restructure. Or, yeah, mm, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to think at, at at worst case scenario. I think he's on the roster, and I think he played well down the stretch. Now his contract is what I think at worst he restructures. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think that he's willing to the bond that those guys have. I feel like him, Josh, and some of the other guys. I feel like he'd be willing to move some things around so that he can get the Bills some more pieces. Because you think it's got to burn a hole in him. He left the year after they lost the AFC championship game. And then the team that he was on won the Super Bowl and now just went back to the Super Bowl. So you think it's got to be burning a hole in him to get back on that level. Um, and he he knows. I mean, the, the, the bills aren't far off. So, all right, Mookie brought up Mitch Morse. So let's talk before we get into some other uh, athletic and physical players. Let's talk about the offensive line. Um, 
because I I painstakingly watched the I've watched it now twice after the game was over. I painstakingly watched it last night and I just watched the offensive line. And I'm going to say mm-hmm. we need we got some work to do. So Mookie, what was your impression of the five guys that we put out there um, against the Chiefs? And where where can we improve? I don't know if you can give us insight on what you think where we can improve or not. Um without getting yourself in hot water, but where do you think we can where do you think we can improve there? I mean, they just got dominated up front. Like I said, the Kansas City defensive line dominated the Bills five offensive linemen and the Kansas City four dominant you know, and vice versa. They won up front. They offensive line and their defensive line dominated the Bills offensive line and defensive line. It, it's one up front. You know, mm-hmm. um that's just the bottom line, especially if the Bills are relying on four to make pressure and it wasn't no pressure, but uh-huh. Josh Allen got pressure. But I mean, how uh-huh. can we, we uh, it's cool to say that Josh can play well under pressure, but damn, do we got to do it every week? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Know you. What I'm saying? Do we have Thank to you. do it every week? Like we is expecting way too much from the guy. You know what I mean? Get him some more help. Get him a run game. A guy like Najee Harris, that changed the dynamics of everything. If you put a guy like that back there with him. You know, uh-huh. so you it's, it's ways to get dynamic. If I'm gonna get dynamic, motor, I'm sorry, Moss, you still in the sauce, but you know, I think that Singletary wasn't a scheme fit when they changed the the, the run style this year because they went to a more passing style, uh-huh. which required a a, a zone style uh-huh. run. Um, Moss, I mean, um, motor is more like a power run in between the tackles, trap, pull a guy, uh-huh. getting more. I, I haven't seen them do a sweep all year. But mm-hmm. when you run it more sixes, <laughs> like I keep saying, mm-hmm. I mean, do you trust that? They was doing more get around the corner plays with Josh Allen than they was with their running backs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you gotta you you gotta you gotta t- take a look at you know how it's done up front and no continuity. You 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 no 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 training camp, you know, no preseason, no continuity in the run game. Only thing they had familiarity was the pass game and the pass protections. So it's easy to get Stefan Diggs caught up to routes, plays, protections, because everybody else knows that. But when you do with a brand new offense, a run style, and you ain't playing against nobody, it's hard to get that trust. You even seen it in the game with Motor Singletary around the ball, and he just putting his head down, trying to. I don't know what he's trying to do. You know, at, at the size <laughs> and stature, he's not going to run through anything. You know what I mean? So he's not running with his eyes, which is requirement in zone run and being a one cup type of back. And he's not a one cut back. He's shifting, slippery when wet, but he's not a one cut back. And just think about how the Buffalo Bills was, right? You know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, our defense played well. Our defense played well because the Pittsburgh Steelers are one-dimensional. They are a pass-heavy team. Then you go to the playoffs, and you be playing Lamar Jackson, and our defense played well. Why? Because they are a run-heavy team. The Buffalo Bills defense does well against one-dimensional teams. Think about the Buffalo Bills offense. We are one-dimensional offense. So if we can add some balance in our offense, give us some balance like, like Tom Brady got balance with Fournette and, and, and Ronald Jones. Give us some balance like CHE and, 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 and uh, Le'Veon Bell and Williams. Give us some balance like Aaron Jones. You know, give Aaron, uh, give uh, Josh Allen some more balance, some more dimensions he could work with, tight ends and running backs, dynamic guys, and let's see what he can do. Wait, who 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 did you mention from Green Bay? Aaron Jones. This guy right here. 
who happens to be a free agent, that's my guy right there. We too expensive, but I like him. Too no, expensive, no, like no, him. he's no, he's not. No, he's not. Too expensive. Like I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. There, we could talk about offensive line blocking. We can talk about any play play calling, whatever. When we, me and you were talking when we were watching uh, the NFC Championship game, you hand him the ball and he's through the hole before you even know what happened. He didn't look he, like he, he has, wanted any parts in that Tampa Bay game. <laughs> I don't, he, he didn't look like he wanted any parts in that game. He's got I'm I'm telling you. It, it, he was fumbling. But I I digress. So I like I mean he's a he's a, you know he's a multi-dimensional player. He can run between the tackles, he's he, he could receive out the backfield, but we'll I, I just think he's gonna yeah. command some, some dollars, yeah. you know. Um you cannot you cannot turn the ball over in crunch time like he's doing. True. McDermott ain't going for that. Good point. Like, do you? I good mean, Singletary only fumbled the ball probably one time. I mean, I Zach, we we play we play some clean football. That that's unacceptable yeah. in the championship game. He was giving that yeah. thing up. So, yeah. I mean, he was going to go another route where a guy they can have around for a rookie contract for four or five years. And and you say that that's funny because I think like. That might be why TJ Yeldon was inactive a lot because we were all. I think a lot of us were screaming for TJ Yeldon. He's got experience. He's a he's a big body. He can help in pass block, but he had those fumbling issues last year. And I think that somewhat like to your point, Mookie. I think that might be why we didn't see a lot of TJ Yeldon until we needed to see TJ Yeldon. Um, but I wanted to talk about the offensive line because I think Dion had a really good season. I think Dion Dawkins absolutely outplayed his contract, even though he got a really big contract. I thought he played well. He played well against the Chiefs. He didn't get beat too many times. Daryl Williams, who I have been pounding the table for all season long to extend him, he didn't look good against the Chiefs. Frank Clark was having his way with Daryl Williams. Now, it's Frank Clark. I get that. I understand. Um, but then in between, in between – I don't know what what are we doing with Ike Bakker? What are we doing with John Feliciano? Feliciano didn't look really good against the Chiefs. Ike Bakker didn't look really good against the Chiefs. And then we already talked about Mitch Morse. So is there anywhere up there on the front line where you think we need a shake up or are these guys coming back? Or what do you think, Mookie? Well, you got Cody Ford coming back and he should be at guard. You probably bring um this I mean, Feliciano go to center, uh, Mitch Morris might not be here. Feliciano loves here, so he'll 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 take the hometown discount. He'll he'll do another prove it year, you know, at center. Yeah. Um he'll probably play center. You got Cody Ford at right right uh guard. Boddicker is excelling, so you, you just let him come out flat out, start be your left guard. Or if you want to draft another left guard and you know, one of those Alabama guys or you know, or that kid from out of Whitewater, man, that center out of Whitewater, he can play guard, he can play center. He was out there pancaking boys all, all week. So, I mean, you never know. You know, like the Bills can get better and cheaper at the same time because they draft so well. So, you can look sure. at it. Ryan Bates, another guy that can play center. Ibotica can play center as well. So, you got all these guys with player flexibility that leads me to believe that I don't think Mitch Morris would be back. I mean, in reference to even restructuring the contract, just – that's interesting. Just move on from it. You know, obviously he was in the doghouse for some sort of reason at some point in time when Feliciano, fresh off of IR, was playing center. So that leads me to believe that they're going to do something with that. Either he's going to restructure or he's getting released. John Brown at $9 million, you know, loving. 
but injuries and you you carrying a high cap right now where you're not, you know, they just got too much money invested in that receiver core to be paying all those guys that type of money at this point. So he's going to get cut. So the bills could free up anywhere between 20 to $30 million, resign Daryl Williams, Cody Ford comes back. He's still on the contract. That's your right guy. I'm just speaking of the, uh, the, the cheapest route to go. The Bills still could pull a lineman out in the meat and potato rounds, just like they pulled out Wyatt Teller from Virginia Tech in the fifth round and look at him, one of the best guards in the NFL for Cleveland right now. So, you know, they do a good job of evaluating talent. So it's just real interesting to see what these guys are going to do with these seven draft picks, but you're going to know in free agency because free agency is before the draft. But, um, look for the bills to really get core guys out of their draft, you know, cause that's what they've been doing. That's been the recipe of success. When you look at this roster right now, their core guys are the guys that starting are the guys that they're drafting. You know what I mean? So, you know, that and you look at that, you got Isaiah McDuffie's from Boston college. He can replace Milano. I don't think Milano comes back. I don't think the bills will sign him. Um, this game right here, let me know that I'm not going to sign you to 13, 14 million. If you can't check Travis Kelsey, you know, if you can't produce in these big games, I can't pay you this type of money that your the market value says that you, hey, you know, may, like some other team pay you that. I can't yeah. pay you that. You know, yeah. I can't pay you that. Uh, the guys like Jalen Ramsey, worth the money, you know, because mm-hmm. I could put him on anybody and it's going to be a dog fight. He might lose some battles, but he's going to win more times than he lose. And teams are not even going to be picking on him all like that. I need guys like that. Right. That's well worth the money. Trey White, mm-hmm. we got to step. We got. He had to step his game up a little bit. I didn't understand how he was playing. Uh, Tariq Hill, it was, it was just too much respect out there. But we got to get some speed. Fight fire with fire. Get a little bit more younger in certain areas, and you know the Bills will be fine. We got some breaking news from Brooke. Lions trade Stafford to the Rams for Jared Goff. Oh, they just even swapped out. Just, they said that just went down. Wow, did they really um, do that? Just like that? Stafford for Goff? Yeah, I mean, they the got Lions, a, the Lions, Lions got a new, Lions Lions got a new head coach. Stafford to the, the Lions are trading Matthew Stafford to the Rams for a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2021 third-round pick, and Jared Goff. Wow. They're getting a lot, and they getting Jared Goff? Over. Detroit got over. And over. They're going to end Detroit. Wait, wait a minute. So Detroit gonna draft a running back still, and then trade golf, or just probably use him as a safety valve. I mean, because they, 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 they might they might let him play. They they might let him play because golf got that deal. Golf got the big deal, so they got him now. They gotta they gotta play him. Yeah, that's they're true. Gonna draft the quarterback, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. They got two first round picks, so you're probably right. How much they how much do cap do they got right now? If if Detroit got a lot of cap space, they can do what they want. They can eat. They, I mean, obviously they could, they they ate it. <laughs> they just took that long contract, you know. Wow, that's an interesting trade. Matthew Stafford is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He's been hamstrung by being on a team that's never had a running game and just recycles coaches, goes through. It's it's, it's insane. He'll succeed with Sean McVay. Are you kidding me? Think about that. Matthew Stafford will actually have some weapons. Mm-hmm. And they they're gonna be he's gonna be good now he's gonna be real Ram, good Ram, now Rams are gonna be Rams are gonna be good and with that defense. Yep, mm-hmm. Brooke Brooke, you're awesome. We appreciate you. If anybody doesn't know, Brooks are like Adam Schefter on our team. 
She's she's all over yeah, breaking news. She's been she's been she been coming with all the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so back to the bills. Since we broke some news here, um, for the uh, hundred or so people that are watching between Facebook and YouTube, and if you guys haven't smashed the like button, please smash the like button. Smash it in Mookie's honor. Smash it for me. Drop a people's elbow on it. Whatever you guys want to do. If you guys saw Booker T, apparently is a Bills fan. He was he was five times, five times um, rooting for the Bills. So smash the like button, subscribe for our YouTube channel, and please share this wherever you guys are on social media. All right, so let's talk about physicality because I know that A. Rich wants to talk about a few guys that he believes can bring some physicality to the Bills. And let me find the first oh, I'm guy. A, I banged, you know. I've been talking about it all all week. Levante David, you know, Levante David covers sideline to sideline linebacker. He, in my opinion, should be uh, a priority free agent for the Buffalo Bills. I understand we have some we're not as flexible with our cap situation. But if we're talking about priority free agents, we're going to it's not like we're not going to get anybody. We're going to make some moves. It might not be a lot of moves and it might not be a lot of high price moves. But if we're going to prioritize players, I think Levante David is should uh, be a player. Uh, on that radar. You see how we struggled mightily against tight ends. Um, it, it doesn't matter what tight end. It doesn't matter if it's Travis Kelsey or it doesn't matter if it's Anthony Frisker. Uh, them, them tight ends are going to look like all pro tight ends against the Buffalo Bills, and we need somebody to combat that. And I think Levante David uh, being a sideline to sideline linebacker and having above average coverage ability and possesses that physicality and and, and is a three-down linebacker. You don't have to take him off the field. I think, in my opinion, he would be the, 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 the ultimate fit for that Buffalo Bills defense, and he can help Tremaine Edmonds in the process. So it's, it's a win-win, in my opinion. So let, let's talk about Tremaine Edmonds for a minute um, because I had an unpopular take that I got absolutely destroyed on social media, and I had uh, here on one of our shows that I think that Tremaine Edmonds is playing out of position. Um, and a lot of people were like, he's a middle linebacker. And I said, okay, watch him in college. He he played outside in college. And I if I think – and it, it won't happen now because he's already three years in. He's still – He's still a key part of what they're what they're trying to do. But if you move Tremaine Edmonds to outside linebacker, he is a perennial All Pro. He's an All Pro every single season. I don't care. I haven't seen someone his size be as athletic as he is. I think that there's sometimes when the game doesn't slow down enough for him. And there's no knock because we all know he's super intelligent. Um, and Lorenzo Alexander last year was a huge part of. I feel like the success that he had last season. Um, I'm not sure if he's missing that mentor role, kind of keeping him going on, on game day, studying film, doing things like that. But the beginning of the year, we all know he was dealing with a shoulder injury. So he kind of took a step back but for a little bit, but he's still a pro. He's still a pro bowler. I'm not trying to knock, knock him, but Mookie, what do you think? Is he playing out of position? Um, Tremaine Edmonds is, is he right where he needs to be? Do you think he just needs to get more experience? He's still only 22 years old. So, what do you think about our linebacking uh, position? And I want to talk about Milano here in a little bit too. I think we just got to get more creative with the with with the with the play calling. When you got guys that's that's that has that's intangible players, a guy that can pretty much he can play all three. He can be your he can be your Mike, your Sam, and your Will. 
Uh, and you could put him on the edge and have him just rest the passer sometimes. He's 6'6", 250. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just have him come off the edge. Like, you know, I hate to see guys like that in coverage. I hate to see him in coverage being that big. And it, it just pained me just to see him mirroring Patrick Mahomes 15 yards away while Travis Kelsey is playing around behind his back. Like, right. it's just, like, it's real frustrating to see that when you got a guy – with 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 those measurables and, and and that ability just pretty much stagnated it's like what can he do you got him dropping off in coverage playing passive aggressive you know and that's kind of like that's kind of like how when rex ryan was here and the defensive line fell out with rex ryan because you take your best pass rusher on third down and you drop him off in coverage mario wilms yeah hated rex ryan the whole offensive line the whole defensive line, they rebelled, they boycotted. They got the defensive line coach fired. You know, that's how bad it was. But if you take that defensive front with this team now, different story. And one thing about Tremaine Edmonds' play, uh, you did say, you know, Lorenzo Alexander did help him out, veteran guy, and make sure that he was in the right place, right gap, all that good stuff. But you don't have a guy up front that can keep him clean and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Bean went on to say in so many words that they really missed Tyler Tule. You, you, oh, you yeah. got to keep him clean because a lot of base packages are the last 11 personnel, so it's only two linebackers out there. So it's not no more traditional Mike, Sam, Will. You know, you just got stat backer and you got, you know, your cover backer, which is Milano. You got to go nickel with Teron Johnson out there, you know. But if it's 21 personnel, Teron comes off, AJ Klein comes on as your third backer. So mm-hmm. You know, he still he's, he, he to some degree he plays all those positions, but you need somebody up front to keep him clean where he can react, read and react quicker than guards getting up to the second level on him. And then you see those those chunk runs that you've been you've been seeing. You know what I mean? So you, you got to get a big guy up front. You know, style two of them. I, 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 that's why I think like to see if he's in shape because I release him too. He he he! I have to go too. Um, uh, <laughs> I think I, I think the thing with stars. I think his full. I think almost his full contract is guaranteed, if not damn near most of it. I think what we what what we have to be afraid of is if Star retires. I mean, he hasn't played football in a year. He's an athlete, so hopefully he's staying in shape. But if he opted out, he might be like, okay, I don't even know if I want to go back to this. If he retires, then that we lose all that money. So. But your point about missing star effect also affected Ed Oliver. And people were hammering the table about Ed Oliver's a bust. He is not a bust. He's playing – he played out of position all year, and he was still affecting the quarterback. He was still helping in the run. So, hey, all right, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mookie, but, hey, Rich, what do you think about, about Tremaine Edmonds? Am I crazy thinking that he's playing out of position? Uh, I don't think you're crazy thinking he plays he plays out of position because it it looks as some it looks sometimes as if uh Tremaine Edmonds is thinking a little bit too much, right? He just looks like he's just I like what do you think about? Are you thinking about where you what position you gotta be in, where you gotta go, who you gotta guard. He just looked like he has a lot on his mind. And on the football field, when you have a lot on your mind, that's no good. You gotta play free stuff, you gotta play free football. You can't be thinking and reacting on the football field. You just gotta go out there and play. So I do think sometimes that the linebacker position could be a lot. You you have to relay calls and you have 
have to make sure everybody's in position. And it's a lot of stuff to think about, and that may affect his play. But I've seen Tremaine Edmonds play good football at the linebacker position. After that New England game, after that New England Patriot game last year, uh, the light switch came on for Tremaine Edmonds, and he was playing solid football. So I think it's it's him personally, man. I think he just have to continue to grow and continue to get better as a player because, like you said, he's 6'5", 250 pounds, 260 pounds, but it doesn't look like he play his size uh, 100% of the time. There's no reason, like I said earlier on one of my shows, there's no reason why you should be missing tackles on on slot receivers, on smaller guys. So um, while I think that Tremaine Edmonds is a young player and only 22 year, years old and have room to grow, I, uh, I also think he can uh, he can uh, do a lot better and just just play to his size. And I think Tremaine Edmonds will be OK in, in the linebacker, uh, in the middle linebacker uh, position at the end of the day. All right. So how we talked about how do we get more athletic? We talked about speed. We talked about physical. How do we get more athletic? I don't have any more slides, so we'll just have to talk about these individuals. Who, who, do, anybody in mind that you think of, or any kind of team we can emulate? And I don't want to talk about the Chiefs anymore because I'm I'm sick of talking about the freaking Chiefs. I'm I'm over it. Anybody else that you think we can emulate as far as what they do to get more athletic? Like you call them physical specimens. We need to get some physical specimens. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just need to have, be, be more dynamic. Um, a tight end, a tight end, uh, another tight end would be a, a a nice a nice look for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I seen Dawson Knox run a couple of of, of tight end sweeps. Right, Jono Smith would be a nice addition to that Buffalo Bills offense. He runs the tight end sweeps. I'm not sure uh, how much he can consistently catch. I haven't seen. He doesn't be. He's not used in that Tennessee Titans offense in that way. So that's concerning a little bit. But I like the athleticism of of a John o. Smith and I think uh he can be an addition to the Buffalo Bills offense. I think uh imploring a useful third running back on offense on game day would add another dynamic uh, another dynamic to the Buffalo Bills offense. Why are we having two running backs on game day? Every every other uh team that's in the Super Bowl or that was in the final four, they have at least three useful running backs. So I think if we implement another running back that has some uh some speed or some explosiveness to his game or brings another dynamic along with another tight end, uh the Buffalo Bills offense can be can be a a, a more uh dynamic offense than this past season and, and and even better. So that's just how I feel about it. And I think to answer your question about why we only activate two running backs is because we got 10 defensive linemen and nine DBs active. That's why. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. We, because I, showing up that rotation too, because these 10 defensive line linemen, we haven't for what? No, for for what? I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see any of them making any significant impacts like that. There's no disrespect, but I just gotta call a spade a spade. We definitely need to show up that rotation. That's where the money at. They getting paid. That's where they they, they invested exactly. the money at this year. Got to play for their money. Uh, Vernon Butler, Qu- Quentin Jefferson. I mean, I'm still skeptical of those guys. Like, do Vernon Butler come back, you know, at what, seven, seven, eight million dollars? Or do Quentin Jefferson come back? I mean, I, I mean, that's why I had to ask Bean, like, how do you really evaluate the running back in the defensive line with lack of continuity? You know, what I mean, it's hard to evaluate that. But for my money, I need to see results, immediate results. You know what I mean? Because it's just not happening up front. We invested all this money for for this not to happen, and it's happening. And so, do I do I do I do a Trent Murphy thing where I just let you linger around and waste my money? 
or do I get rid of you, cut my losses and bring in a guy at a bargain price, you know, mm-hmm. with a better with, with, with a better skill set, you know? And it so, might be and it might be hard because when you cut your losses, the first thing you're a- a- admitting is that you you messed up. You know? So that's the first thing you you're admitting to fans that yo, this didn't work out and and I was wrong about this. But if if you could if you could be humble enough to realize that, I think you have to we have to understand what we are what we're dealing with, how much money these get these guys are getting paid and realize that these guys uh production is not matching the the the, the cap number. So and at the end of the day, too, to your point, like we hope that because I feel like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott learn from if they make mistakes, they kind of don't try to do that again. So you had Trent Murphy on your roster all year. He played, I think, five games and he made $10 million this year. We could have cut him in the pre before the at training camp and knowing that you just spent another nine and a half million on Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes is making 10 million. Vernon Butler's making 7 million. Quentin Jefferson's making, I think seven or 8 million. That's so ridiculous. why you, you saw what production you got from Trent Murphy. He flashed in the playoff game against the Texans, but hopefully that my, my point to this is hopefully they learn from things like that. And kind of like, like Mookie said, just kind of admit that, Hey, we may have over emphasized, the defensive line by, by paying these guys, these big contracts and try to figure some things out because it, we can't go into this season with the same defensive line rotation. We just can't, it's not going to work. It has, it didn't work this year. I, everybody wants to throw excuses out there about, well, it was a pandemic season and there was no off season and training camp and preseason. And that's all very well and true, but there's also other teams that defense has excelled this year. A lot of teams defense has excelled because what we heard all season was that the offense in the NFL was just outpacing any other season like we've ever seen with points scored and yards and passing yards and things like that. But Justin, look at, Zim- Justin Zimmer make one of those guys expendable, in my opinion. Vernon yeah, Butler, Quinn Jefferson, Justin Zimmer makes one of those guys expendable. Harrison Phillips makes one of those guys expendable. Look at when, when he came in for Vernon Butler, he was making run stops against the Ravens. That's attached- – Sorry, Mo. Go ahead, bud. Go ahead. No, go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go finish. I just, I, I just like to Akeem's point. Like we had at the time against the New England Patriots, they were driving to beat us in the first game. It was twenty-four to twenty-one. They weren't going to kick a field goal. It's Bill Belichick. He was going for the win. A a a practice squad call up that week saved that game. Like where was our fifty million dollar line? When they were when Cam was doing what he wanted the whole game, they were running on, on us the whole game. And to that point, like they need to take a deep look at this defensive line and say, okay, what was the reason where we went wrong? And I just hope that that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have the wherewithal to sit back and say, okay, where did we sign too many guys? Is there too much of a rotation? Do we have too much invested in this? How can we fix it? Mookie, you're laughing. What do you think? Well, how about the old analogy, man? It's cheaper to keep her. You figure out we can sit up there and waste $9 million, right, on Trent Murphy, right? And we basically pay Mario Addison $10 million a year too, right? You could have yep. took that same two money, that same two money, and kept Jordan Phillips and Shaq Rawson. Mm-hmm. So there's your continuity. You don't lose continuity up front. Right. When two of your important pieces 
is still on the team. Your guy that really set the edge. Now imagine mm-hmm. Shaq Lawson in a rotation with Jerry Hughes and Espinessa. And, mm-hmm. and imagine Jordan Phillips another year with Ed Oliver side by side. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you get rid of your lead and sack guy. This guy had 10 sacks in your scheme. And yeah. Shaq, your, your top two sack guys, you let go in your scheme. You know, mm-hmm. for the same money you brought, the same money you kept Trent Murphy with and the same money you brought in Mario Addison with. So that's mm-hmm. the thing that Brandon Bean and was going where we went wrong at. I think that's pretty much where they went wrong, you know, this year. I mean, do they prove it right by saying, let's try another year, you know, because we got money invested and want to make ourselves look like asses? Or do mm-hmm. you say, hey, you know, let's just recognize our wrongs and, you know, just get more dynamic and faster at a cheaper rate? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to rebuild, might as yeah. well do it because that's all it seems that means it needs restructuring. Uh-huh. You know, I don't think another year together is going to, you know, stop anything, yeah. especially when you got to go up against the same Kansas City defense. I mean, offensive line, and they just uh-huh. looked at way bigger than our 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 defensive line. They looked way bigger uh-huh. than our defensive line. It's bully ball up there, man. You saw uh-huh. Chris Jones how he was just manhandling Feliciano, but we uh-huh. want to bring him back. Why? Yeah, no, we can't bring you back, man. <laughs> I look at that game and I'm like, nah, you, you, you got, you got right now, you got Kansas City syndrome. You don't play well against them. So and then, and that, and that, and that's why offensive line can't be ignored at pick thirty either. Ohio State, Wyatt, Wyatt Davis, they, they have some mean offensive linemen there that can, that can help bulk up that the interior of the Buffalo Bills offensive we, line. So we, that. I think we need what we thought Ty and Seki was going to be. We need that mountain, that just insurmountable guy that is going to, it's just going to bully you if you're a defensive lineman. I know they're few and far between, but like to Mookie's point, I, I think that there's got to be some tough decisions made on this roster. And they may be fan favorites, but at the end of the day, this is a business. We're here. The Bills are here to win games. They're not here to play favorites with these guys. If you're not performing, <clears throat> you can't watch that Chiefs game and find a whole lot of good about the offensive line. I'm sorry. And people can say it's one game, whatever. But <clears throat> we still don't know why we don't have a running game. Is it because we can't block up front or we just don't have the running backs to do it? We have no idea. So that's another thing, too, that's got that, – that's why I wanted to talk about the offensive line because – I don't. I think we have two pieces, maybe, and and to like Mookie's point, like we don't know about Mitch Morse. There's injury concerns. There's he was he was benched. Like Ike Bakker was in and out of the rotation until later in the year. Like we got Cody Ford coming back. We don't even know yet what we have from Cody Ford because his rookie year and then he was injured all this past season. Can we re-sign Darrell Williams or is he going to want money? So it's we got a lot more stuff than I think that we're just a few pieces away. I think we need to do a lot of fine tuning um, to get back to where we were this year. Yep. I definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have time to put no run game in, you know, when they brought digs in and they got too much money invested in the past, that's where it was going to go through. So they just pretty much done away with the run game. And to only way to make the run game work from a quicker standpoint was to change it and go more zone style because it's just a read, you know, and it's easy for Josh to hurry everybody up to the line and just do a, a read, whatever. I mean, you know, he had the ways to learn, with that, you know what I mean? So this year, that's why I feel Daybar came back because this is now he got to implement the run game. I mean, you put this passing thing in, 
and look what it's done. Now balancing out, you got to come back and finish the job, install the run game with this dynamic passing game, balance it out, get your right pieces in place, go over it thoroughly during this offseason, and you're going to see better play out of your quarterback. You're going to see better play out of your O-line because they would rather run the ball than pass it. And, you know, they have more time to build that continuity and, and, and you know, go out there and execute the game plan, whatever it is. But uh-huh. they have more time now to do it. And I'm quite sure it would be more of an a emphasis going into the offseason on how can they improve the run game, first and foremost. So you, we know what the passing game is about. You know, you got two all, you got three all pros <laughs> out of your passing uh-huh. game right now. Right. You know, so they know what the passing game could do. So. Is, 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 I mean, do we got those guys? Like, if Najee Harris is available at 30, do you pass up on that? Do you pass no. up on 16 to 30 <laughs> running 4-4? That's dynamic. That guy that can do pass pro, he's, he can play every down too. Uh, you don't pass up a Derrick Henry type of guy. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's not your run scheme or not. You know what I mean? I just can't pass up on that. You know what I mean? First round, we should get a dynamic player. I don't – I mean, uh-huh. you, do, you can get to a lineman. But I need a guy that's going to make an impact, you know, that's going to either going to score some points or stop somebody from scoring points in the first round. Those dynamic players is not going to be lingering too much in the later rounds like that. And and just imagine if you can. I mean, it's it's interesting. Imagine if you can inject a Derrick Henry type running back into an offense that just put up 500 points. Who's who's beating that team? I mean, I like CEH and I like what they're doing with their, they're trying to establish a run game in Kansas City. But even like Tampa with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, like this, if you add a dynamic running back into this offense, it's a wrap. Like, I'm sorry, it's a wrap. They can pick up whatever game plan they wanted. It's, it's a wrap. And that's, that's why I, I will always harp on the offensive line because I don't think a lot of people, they saw what Josh did. That he put up to forty five hundred yards, and he he threw for thirty seven touchdowns, and this, that, and the third. But a lot of plays he was running for. He was making plays happen because he had to get outside the pocket because there was no pocket. And I, I don't know. I I just I don't want to harp on the run game too much um, because we could talk about it all day. Like I'm still. I, it's like I feel like it's one of those things. Like we don't know if we even if we tried. We tried it against the Patriots and it worked. I mean, we tried it a little bit against the Steelers and it worked. But like now Zach Moss is injured, so he's got to do some rehab to come back this year. I, I'm not sold on 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 motor. I don't I don't know if he's got vi- he's got the vision that we need. So I don't know. I don't I don't I digress. I don't want to talk about it forever. But I do want to talk about, however, I want to <laughs> I want to switch, I want to switch gears. Because I want Mookie's opinion. He kind of gave it to me already. Um, what do we do with Matt Milano? I know a lot of the money uh, will have a lot to do with it. But what what do you think we do with Matt Milano? Well, Matt, but he got a test free agency campaign, especially when I just don't see the Bills having. First of all, AJ Klein's getting paid eight million, and then. Right now, Milano's market value is anywhere between 12 to 14 million. Then you got to sign Tremaine Edmonds in a couple of years to 15 million. So I just don't see the Bills having that much money invested in a linebacking court. Matt Milano will touch the market, get his bags somewhere else, and he'll have, you know, a, a great stellar career. 
but I don't think the Bills bring him back because he's not durable enough for that type of money. He 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 is impactful in their scheme, but he's not dynamic in their scheme. And you know, I'm telling you, hey, Kansas City was that benchmark. He showed that he was not mm-hmm. dynamic for 13 million. I need dynamic. Um, you know, and now if if maybe if it was Miles Jack, okay, then you know, it's a different uh-huh. scenario. But uh-huh. you know, Milano's gonna test the market. And you know the Bills drafted him in the fifth round, so they feel they they can make another hove, and you know, uh-huh. go get another dynamic linebacker anywhere. I mean, it's a, it's it's going to be some nice linebackers out there. Um, I think uh-huh. the Bills missed out on Jeremy Chin actually last year. I mean, there's a guy yeah. that could play that hybrid. He can play that linebacker. He can cover corners. Definitely can cover tight ends. Um, so, you know, that's why I say, yeah, your guy from Florida State is definitely on that list. And, um, you know, there's some more linebackers out there. You got the uh, Mr. Browning out there from Ohio State. You got Xavier and Collins uh-huh. from Tulsa. Uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, A couple of guys out there. Micah Parsons, he's top 10. He's not going to be available. Penn State, uh, yeah. Jabril, Jabril Cox is another guy that you could possibly get. LSU. Or you could get to a savvy vet. That's out there already at a bargain price that would love to come to Buffalo and try to win a championship. So it's ways to do that. Like and you still got Isaiah McDuffie from Boston College, another Boston College guy that can come and replace him. Uh-huh. This guy, he led the he led the Bill scheme, you gotta be able to tackle. This kid led uh-huh. led NCAA in tackles, and he's right here from Buffalo. So you never know. They might they might snatch him up in the meat and potato round. So yeah, Matt Milano, we love you, Matt. Appreciate it, but you got to go get your bag somewhere else. The Bills is not going to be able – they can't afford him. He prices himself out. Mm-hmm. Good job. Hey, hey, Rich, what do you think? I agree 100%, you know. and you, you, We struggle against tight ends too much. We we, we just – we struggle against tight ends too much. Um, Brandon Bean alluded to in his press conference that you got to be able to play 16 games. For him to say that in his end-of-the-year pre, end press conference, talk about a guy – that 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 shows me everything I need to know. Like that that's his concern. He's priced himself out, and he's not as durable as we would like. And Matt Milano is not athletic. He's instinctive. Matt Milano is an instinctive player, but he is not athletic. And the the, the lack of athleticism I think showed in in again in, in that Kansas City Chiefs game. And I think that we need a a a, a more dynamic player in that coming out of that position and I, and I love Matt Milano. I think he has a fifth round pick. He he made an awesome career for himself and he's going to make a lot of money but just not with the Buffalo Bills. And Brandon Bean when asked about Jordan Phillips last year said that he deserves the right to test free agency. Brandon Bean when asked about Matt Milano said he deserves the right to test free agency. So I'm not trying to put some tea leaves together or read between yeah. the lines but like I said, Brandon Bean will give us some little nuggets every once in a while that you're like, mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh. gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh-huh. he, keep, he keeps it official. That's one thing I like about Bean. He yeah, he does. In he the does. greatest and positive way. He's like, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. he's going to test the market, so he's not coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. look, look what he said about John Brown. Look what he said about John Brown. Yeah, we wanted to work him in, but the injuries injuries came up. So I don't I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm like, this guy's under contract. What you mean? We'll see what that we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> he couldn't get it back. He couldn't get mad. That's all the other people right now. I mean, oh, man, it's funny. so get in 
I, th I think I'm under the, I don't know if I'm in the minority of the people that I, I don't believe some of what Brandon Bean said when he's talking about he's not going to make moves. Because as Akeem said in our group chat right after the press conference, what you mean you want to host the AFC championship game, but you're not going to make any Stefan Diggs type moves. So what, what, how, how can we accomplish that? Because if we focus solely on competing with teams that are in the Super Bowl, just strictly with the draft, it ain't happening this year. We're talking two or three years down the road when these players develop. It's not going to happen. So, Mookie, before we get out of here, what's the secret sauce to get us over the top in the offseason? The Mookie secret sauce to get us over the top. Well, what he meant probably by don't expect no Stefan Diggs type of deal is don't expect us to take our first-round pick and trade it for J.J. Watt. All right, that's what he's basically saying. Mm, okay. right, they're going to use that first-round pick to draft a guy that's going to make an impact on his team right away. So they're real mm. careful on who they select. Like I said, they might take a trade back 30, or they might use that pick to trade back to get more picks. So, you know, get more, more draft assets that way. Um, you know, that second round, it'd be a lot of great guys. And then with the Bills being successful this year, they picked dead last in every round. So, you know, the, the, the slim pickings at some point. So they got to be able to double dip somewhere in between there. And right now they don't have a fourth round pick. So they got to be able to double dip. So I'm thinking uh, they are going to come around with that axe. They are going to have some, 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 some cap space because it's going to be some savvy veterans, some seasoned veterans that want to take, take their services to one bill's drive at a, at a chance at it, you know. And then, you know, it's contagious. Stefan Diggs is probably on the phone, or, or even Kenny Stills. I, I'm still upset they ain't used Devontae Freeman or Kenny Stills at all. Um, Don't even get me started on that. Part, <laughs> yeah, water under the bridge. Yeah, like, right. You know, guys are going to be like, hey, man, go to Buffalo. The fan, the fan base is great. It's a great atmosphere. I like to play there. The guys have definitely changed the culture. But, yeah, it's going to come through the draft right now. They're going to have money to get those free agencies and do believe this is not over with with, with with big name players getting released. All right. So this is just a, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. When the Super Bowl is over with, do you gonna start seeing surprises in this league on guys being, you know, salary cap casualties that's gonna say, Hey, I'm still getting guaranteed money over here this year. I can go play for a contending team for the low and man, it's gonna work out like how Le'Veon Bell is doing right now. You know, he's playing for a Super Bowl right now on the Jets' behalf. <laughs> right. Right. You know, right. So, you know, I think they're going to try to address they, – their focus is on the draft as much as possible. And, you know, they're going to get – they're going to get a – a guy is going to choose the Bills instead of the Bills really seeking out a Stefan Diggs type of guy that helped them. Uh -huh. So, it, it's going to be made through the draft this year. And, and I think – great, great analysis, too. I think to your point, too, is there's kind of like how during the season when Le'Veon Bell came – available like the bills went after him they were one of the final three or four teams you know that was in on him there's going to be players that nobody at one bills drive is even thinking about right now that's going to be released there's going to be an impact player because teams are so far over the expected salary cap for next year that it's going to be like oh okay now we have to retrain our, our, our focus. And I still think he's going to, he's going to absolutely nail the draft. Like he has the past few years, but Hey Rich, before we get out of here, man, what else, what else you got, man? 
you know what, man? I think we, I think we pretty much, I think we pretty much nailed it, man. I think um, everybody uh, understands or uh, or our opinion of what the theme should be: fast, physical, and athletic. We've seen what we what we lacked uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs game, so that's the that's the barometer, and because of that barometer, that should be the theme. You know, fast, physical, and athletic. I I just don't want to see any. You know, I just don't want to have the oh, he's a great football player with a high IQ speech. You know, we it, it's it's time we have to do things to get us over the hump, and I think um that theme will get us over the hump, man. Great job tonight, fellas, and um uh, I think we I think we know that every everything. Yeah, before we get out of here, Mookie, again, we appreciate you spending your Saturday night with us. I know that you are super busy. I follow you everywhere on social media. Um, just in case they don't follow you, where can they find you? Everywhere out there. In the social media universe, Mookie. Uh, you can find me right here, man. Go <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a little shameless plug right there. Nice, Warfo nice. Wolfo Sports Report. You know what I mean? That's W U F O. All right. Sports Report on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm on radio tomorrow from six to seven. You know what I mean? We're gonna be recapping. We're gonna talk a little sabers too. You know, I, I cover all the stuff. Still debating mm -hmm. if I want to go down to Tampa or not, you know, and, you know, and cover that. I still got, I want to come in. I, I got to cover two New England Patriot teams now, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tom Brady Buccaneers. But, <laughs> you know what? I'm, a root, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for Tom. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. Uh, Kansas City is now the new New England Patriot for me. So I would rather Tom win it and then the Bills go to Tampa, scene of the crime where the Super Bowl was at. With the Super Bowl champion and Tom Brady next year, but we go in there, there and beat them, and then we take care go. of Kansas City too. You know what I mean? We'll there take care go. of Kansas City. But I'm rooting for Gronk, Gronk from from the town, so you know, yeah. I mean, go Bucks. <laughs> Love it again, thank Mookie. You, thank you so team. much. <laughs> it sounds weird. I've seen a ton of Bills fans saying "Go Brady." It's just weird. Like it doesn't doesn't register right in my brain, but. um <laughs> For Mookie, for A Rich, I'm DM3. This has been Bill's Algae. We appreciate you guys rocking with us on the weekend. Um, it's okay. The offseason's here. We're going to be okay. We got a lot to talk about. I'm sure that we will have Mookie on. Um, I'll try to get Mookie on as much as he is wanting to come on our show because we love having him on. Um, the rapport with us is awesome. So we're out of here, guys. Thank you for spending Saturday night with us. Again, Tuesday night, A Rich will be live. I'll be back here Wednesday. Um, Go Bills. See you soon.